following is a production of Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. Bring it on in 83 to infinity. That's how we chill to 83 2. Mike Jones, John Brown. Got a question for you, Mike. What's going on? Is Corey Brewer the best sixer ever to sign a 10 day contract? Is this the best 10 day contract you've ever seen? 10 day contract player. <sighs> I understand this is a complete knee jerk reaction. Complete overreaction, whatever you want to call it. He's had, what, three games now? He's played three games? Something like that, yeah. They just signed him to a second 10-day? Mm-hmm. Is this the best you've ever seen of a guy on a three on a 10-day contract? Let's see. That's a tough question to answer. Yes. Because I'm trying now you're to going back. Yeah. I got to go back. Mm-hmm. Like, who all – was he a 10-day contract? Was and then, of course, there's the whole recency bias thing where everything in the last 30 seconds is the greatest thing ever. Yes. So, in other words, yes, Corey Brewer is the best 10-day contract signing ever. Sure, we'll go with that. In the history of the world. <laughs> sure, we'll go with that. All right, now now let's, now let's, let's, uh, let's uh, pour a little reality on it. You've now watched him this week. What has he What has he brought to this team that you enjoy the most? What I mean, what... what is there something remarkable about what he's doing? Remarkable? Mm-hmm. No. Nothing remarkable about what he does at all. Okay. So how would you describe it? Professional. How so? He works hard. Mm-hmm. He know, knows how to work well within the team concept. Yes. He finishes. He plays deep, good defense on the ball and team. Mm-hmm. He knows when and where to look for his opportunities. He knows what he's good at. He knows what he's not good at. And he's not looking to force 30 shots up a game to feed his ego. He just wants to play good ball and win. So He's been a winner going all the way back to Florida. Yep. Two two championships. Back-to-back championships. You know, that's something that just doesn't get done anymore. What would you grade the signing? 10-day contract, next to no money, open roster spot. Guy who's come in on a 10-day contract and started two games. I'd give it a solid B plus, A minus. B plus. 10-day contract, started two games, beat Houston and San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Team beat Houston and San Antonio. I just, not, you got a guy who is available to all the league. Mm-hmm. Your front office identifies the fit and beats the rest of the league to the punch. Mm-hmm. And then for all intents and purposes, so far so good. It appears to be working. Appears to be working. So, so 
You got to grade that as a good deal. Okay, good deal. Good deal. Also, I mean, we talked, last time we talked about sixes. Mm-hmm. We talked about this stretch of games that they, and that this could be a true test. Absolutely. So far, they're doing really well. Three and one in the last Three and four? one, yes. Big win over Houston. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, you're wondering why I'm laughing. No, I, I know why you're laughing, but go ahead and explain. Go ahead. Because James Harden mm-hmm. is on a <laughs> now I'm laughing. He's on a single-handed mission. Yes, to destroy what the world thinks of good basketball. <laughs> Say that again. James Harden is on a single-handed mission. Single-handedly, he's on a to mission to destroy the world's concepts of good basketball. Why do you think that? I'm not and and, and understand. I'm I am not. He's, a, he's extremely talented. Yes, you, I. We'd both struggle to think, go back throughout all of basketball history and think of a player who's as offensively gifted mm-hmm. as James Harden. You're right. Yes, but none of his points come within a team concept. He likes to over dribble. He passes. He's he's a more willing passer than some other guys, but he definitely over dribbles. Likes to do way too much ISO. Looks looks for his shot first way too often for somebody who's playing on the ball all the time. Mm-hmm. We're talking two hundred fifty plus points over a five game stretch, and none of those points were assisted on. Think about that. You're at 240. It was, I believe it was actually 249. That's 50 points a game, basically. Mm-hmm. And nobody's passing you the ball for any of those 50 points. What are you doing? I, I'm going to try to say this as cleanly as possible. But it's, a, it's a struggle? You're, you're struggling? To, I, I, I have to censor it for the audience. Okay. I know we're not dealing with the FCC, but uh-huh. still. Okay. So, there, there's always this little image mm-hmm. that pops in my head when I see guys playing like this. Okay. Because it's what we used to whisper in guys' ears when they had tendencies to overshoot. Mm-hmm. It, you know, guy takes a bucket, makes his first one. You know mm-hmm. he's got a tendency to overshoot. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, you nice. Go in. And this is the guy. I'm guarded. Mm-hmm. And I start telling him. Yeah, you nice. Go in. Mm-hmm. Just whispers to him. Yeah, you the man. You the man. You nice. Mm-hmm. Then don't let one of his teammates miss a shot. Cause see, that's what that's where it goes to the next level. Teammate misses a shot. Oh man, how they not gonna give you the ball? You look at you. I can't guard you. You know you nice. <laughs> you think that's what people are doing, to, uh, and, James Harden, right now? And then. Like the next time down court, mm-hmm. you see it get the ball again. Now I'm really going going in his ear, <laughs> and this and this is the part I had to censor. Uh-huh. But essentially, it's you know screw the team. Mm-hmm. You nice, mm-hmm. go in. Screw the team. Just whispered it. So just screw the team. Mm-hmm. Screw the team. Go in. You nice. Just show. Screw the team. And I can uh-huh. picture Harden mm-hmm. with like a bad angel on one on one shoulder. Saying, you nice, go in. Mm-hmm. And then you look at the other shoulder and it's like another bad angel. 
<laughs> and he's like, yeah, the first ball's right. Yeah. Screw the team. Go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. You see, uh, remember, he's, they used to always happen on the Fresh Prince. Mm-hmm. Like his constants were talking, and it'd be the devil on one side. It's like, yeah, man, don't, like, yeah, man, do it. Go ahead. Do it. Do it. Do it. Mm-hmm. Then he looks over to the other side, his other shoulder, and it's the devil again. You heard what he said. <laughs> go ahead. Do it. Exactly. <laughs> and that's what you think is happening to uh, that's, Harden. That's what I think is happening. All right. Well, look. Nonetheless, Houston's a good team. It's considered well. <laughs> Houston's considered, considered, a good considered a good team. They're a good regular season team. This stretch, Sixers mm-hmm. beat Indi- beat Indiana prior to Victor but, Oladipo's yeah. injury. Lost to o- lost to OKC in a game they could have won. Game they they they, they, they almost had. had they won. had yeah. It took a miraculous shot from Paul Paul George Paul to George yes. to pull that off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They could very well on this stretch be 4 0. Mm-hmm. Sixers look good right mm-hmm. now. Playing great defense. That's uh, the key. Mm-hmm. How impressed have you been with their defense? Because, look, I know you're you're a hard dude to please. Okay. Of, of the people I've worked with, of the people I've talked to on this show, you are a hard person to impress. You're not impressed very easily. So I'm talking to you about the, the Sixers' defense uh, and how they've played better defense as of late. Are you really impressed? Well, I'm definitely not easily impressed when it comes to basketball mm-hmm. because I'm one of those old fuddy-duddies that believes – you're the funniest of the duddies. That, generally speaking, guys played a better style of basketball 20 years ago than they do now. Mm-hmm. That being said, I think guys are now are p- playing a better style of ball than they were 15 years ago. Okay. 15, well, not, let me, let me, that's not true because I'm doing math in my head. <laughs> I believe guys 25, 30 years ago mm-hmm. played a better style of ball than they do now. And guys now play a better style of ball than guys did ten years, ten to fifteen years ago. Mm-hmm. So, from that standpoint, yeah, I'm tough to impress because I just don't necessarily always believe that, even though guys are talented, that they're mm-hmm. necessarily playing good ball. I'm all for all for highlights, mm-hmm. but don't force them. Get them in the flow of the game. Okay, actually help your team instead of just looking to, you know, get attention for yourself. So, that, that being said, oh, mm-hmm. you asked your question is about the Sixers defense. Yes. The Sixers defense, specifically, and this is something we were talking about prior to um, our, us beginning the show, really impressed me. We, and what we were talking earlier mm. was specifically that Sixers Rockets matchup for earlier in the week. And I pointed out what. I saw the Sixers doing specifically why it, it pointed to two things. One, the Sixers being aggressive and playing good defensive basketball. And secondly, it spoke to why I believe Houston doesn't play good basketball. The Sixers would come up half court, Corey Brewer, Ben Simmons, Jimmy Butler, well, Jimmy Butler was out that game, mm-hmm. excuse me. Yeah. But, but whoever your perimeter defenders are, yep. they're up attacking. The defensive was on attack mm-hmm. in that game. They would go after Harden. They would trap Harden 
almost immediately across half court and get the ball out of his hands. Mm. And they would dare someone else on that team to make a play. Do you think they do you think the Sixers wrote a blueprint? Absolutely. Sixers wrote the blueprint on how to defend uh Houston. Well, you know what? I shouldn't say the Sixers wrote that blueprint because the blueprint's been around for years, for years. and years and okay. years. Mm-hmm. We've talked about it, but the Sixers put it on tape. It might be a little more difficult to do that mm-hmm. if Chris Chris Paul should ever find a new hamstring. But at the same time, if you watch how they play, even when Chris Paul is healthy, they stagger their minutes because trying to play them on the Let's court see, at the same, same time, time yeah, yeah, difficult. is difficult. Mm-hmm. So if they're staggering their minutes, the defensive scheme still works mm-hmm. because you have two playmakers then, but you're not playing them together. So mm-hmm. the scheme stays the same. Mm-hmm. Trap the ball, force the secondary playmaker to try to do something he hasn't done all year, and watch the offense crumble. Joel Embiid, how much is he? How big has he been? Joel Embiid, at this point, will is likely to finish third in MVP building. Okay, at this point, third, third right now. I might argue that he's probably should be second, mm-hmm. but based so, on the way voting I know, goes, I know you. You say you would, you say he should be second. That's because Harden's not even in the top three. Well, yeah, that's accurate. so. In your your opinion, Giannis is uh, Giannis is one, Embiid is two, somebody else is three. Pretty much, yeah, and it's not even Harden. It's hard. Harden top five? He's got to be top five. Okay. He's on a winning team and, well, mm-hmm. a team with a winning record. Okay. And he's putting up monster numbers, historic numbers. Mm-hmm. So he's got to be in the MVP discussion. My problem with that is it's like a book, like you, a good mystery novel or a mm-hmm. mystery novel yeah. where you already know the twist at the end. And mm-hmm. the twist at the end being you lose in the first or second round of the playoffs, depending on what, top, what round you get matched up with a, go- with a good team. Mm-hmm. You play a bad team in the first round, maybe you get through because you had a good enough regular season record to get a home, mm-hmm. home series. You don't get past the second round, though. That's how the story ends. Mm-hmm. And when you when you know the story ends like that, you know that style of play doesn't really give you a chance to compete long term. It affects how I view mm-hmm. teams and players with that style. So that is why. Now, if I were completely unaware of how all this was going to work out, <laughs> and I just showed up watching basketball today, you mm-hmm. explained to me the basics of it, and I start watching, mm-hmm. James Harden looks like the best player in the league. Once I actually understand strategy and X's and O's and how game flow goes and those type of things, mm-hmm. James Harden looks like a detriment to winning, at least in long-term playoff success. Okay. Getting getting back to the Sixers, though, we talk about Embiid. Mm-hmm. Other factor right now, Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons was not named to the All-Star team. Or at least not, not a starter. Not yet. a starter. But he's an all-star in your opinion. 
Absolutely. See, all stars. Are you still worried about? Are you still worried about people who say Ben Simmons needs to learn how to shoot? Why would I be worried about that? He does need to learn how to shoot. Do you, do you do you find that as big a detriment as a certain as a lot of people do to winning a championship? Yes. All right. Who championship point point guards? Name one who did not have at least some sort of way to score consistently from fifteen feet up. Magic's jump shot was not pretty. And it struggled early, mm-hmm. but he always could hit that little baby hook something, which would give him a threat to score from fifteen feet. Mm-hmm. You can't be purely a threat when you're in the paint only. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I need you out there jacking threes and shooting everything, but you just have to be a threat. You admit, but you admit though he's uh, he's shooting more. He is shooting more. He's taking more shots. Absolutely. So does that give you confidence that he can get better? Oh, I've never been worried about the fact that he can get better. He absolutely can get because better. Because have, uh, have you watched tape of him shooting? Mm-hmm. What does it look like? It looks fine. So it's so it's not his shot is broken. It's his confidence. But that is just it. But you see so many people who who are just convinced that like they they want to make this into this huge deal. Okay, Let, let's just look at this. How old has Ben Simmons? 22 now? 22. All right. Second year in the league. How many years was Kobe Bryant in the league before he won a championship? He was oh, drafted in 96. 96. They won the finals in 2000. No, that's not right. Bulls won 96, 97, 98. Spurs won 99 in 2000. They won in 2001. That was the first? Yeah, the first one, two, three. 2001 was the, against the Sixers. That was the first, their first one? I thought they won the year before. Did they win? They won 2000 and 2001? The, the Spurs went back-to-back, didn't they? No. Spurs never went back-to-back. The Spurs didn't go back-to-back? No. Okay, that's what I'm – yeah, okay. Well, in that case, it was 2000. But in either case, that is four years mm. after he's drafted and he's playing with Shaquille O'Neal, who's eight years removed from being drafted. Mm-hmm. That That's not a guy in his second year playing with another guy in his third year. Mm-hmm. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about kids. Magic won his rookie year, but he had Kareem out there with him. So, it's it's a completely, completely different dynamic than what we're looking at. Ben Simmons, it's it's a situation where people are expecting. You see the talent, and you expect win now, mm-hmm. but. We're forgetting to enjoy the ride. Jordan was years and years in before he got to a championship. It, everybody is. Mm-hmm. That's Jordan just, came in the league in 83. Mm-hmm. No, 85. 84. He was drafted in 84. 84. He was in the 84 draft. 84, 85 was his first season. He mm-hmm. won his first championship in 1991. Yep. The 90-91 season. So June 91. He six won his first year, time. So that's six years? 
Six seasons? Seven. 84, 85, 85, 86, 86, 87, 87, 88, 88, 89, 89, 90, 90 seven years. Seven years. And we're sitting here blasting Ben Simmons because in year two, Mm-hmm. Despite the fact that your starting point guard, now now here's the thing. I understand. I'm not dismissing the need for a jumper, but if I were to come to you and say, "Hey, man, I got a starting point guard that's giving you 16 points, nine rebounds, and eight assists a game," you want that? What are you saying? Yeah, I'd take it. You, you take 16 points, nine rebounds, and eight assists from your starting point guard. Generally. But I don't like that question. Why not? The stats are often misleading. Often misleading. Are, like, are these? All right, okay, but, but, but okay. Here, here's what I mean. Okay. Because I could throw you Gilbert Arena, Steve Francis, Stephon Marbury stats. And on paper in isolation, you show me points, assists, and rebound numbers. It looks like a great player. Okay. You show me the actual style of play on the court, and I want no parts of it. Okay, I'm giving you 16. I'm giving you starting point guard of a team with 32 wins. I need to know more. You need to know more. I need to know more. Style of play, especially at the point guard position, is okay. everything. Okay. So now, so now let's t- let's take it from the generic, where I'm just putting out blind stats, mm-hmm. and now let's 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 adapt that question. To Ben Simmons, you say you need to know style of play. Mm-hmm. Jumper aside, because we know that the jump he needs the jumper. He needs the jumper. But we've seen enough to say, hey, I'm pretty sure the jumper's coming. Mm-hmm. So let's go to style of play. Gets to the basket. Mm-hmm. Looks for the open man. Mm-hmm. Looks to make basketball plays. Are you good with his style of play? For the most part, for the most part, but what you're not what you're not good with the things that draw you know that you're concerned about you you believe can be fixed. Yeah, because we're still talking about a every, kid, a twenty two year old in his second year. Every concern I have with anything in Ben Simmons' games is fixable. Mm-hmm. And that there aren't too many players I say that about. Mm-hmm. Any concerns I have about Ben Simmons with his game, they're all fixable. Let me be clear when I say that. Okay. Jump shot, confidence, ball handling. He can sometimes be a little high or a little loose with the ball. Mm-hmm. That'll come with experience. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he gets a little passive drifting away from contact going towards the rim. That'll come with confidence in his shot because he doesn't want to go, or I should say it appears he does not want to go to the free throw line right now. Mm -hmm. That'll come with confidence with his his shot. Occasionally, maybe taking plays off on defense. Another thing that'll come with maturity Mm -hmm. and experience, you learn, if I get tired, I need to rest. There are ways to rest on offense so that I can keep going hard on defense. That's one of those things that comes with experience. You learn, okay, I can stay on the court and catch breathers while I'm on the court playing offense. Mm-hmm. That sounds silly to a lot of people, but it's the truth. Mm-hmm. If you're on the basketball court and you need a breather, get it on offense. Go hard on defense. Quite simple concepts, but these are things he'll learn with experience and really mm-hmm. begin to figure it out 
and I have very little to any concern about whether or not he'll act, ever actually be able to put it all together. I mm-hmm. fully expect him to. Okay. My really, really, my only concern with this Sixers team this year is youth. I, and it's not so much a concern as much as it is a be patient. Young teams don't win too often in the NBA. But I like what they're I, – I, I think that brings us back to Corey Brewer. Mm-hmm. A mature veteran. A mature present. veteran. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's something this team needs. Absolutely. And to me, it feels like as was Jimmy Butler, as they brought in earlier in the mm-hmm. year. You're starting to fill out the roster with this, these are your veterans with now. True players. These are your veterans. Your veterans are Wilson Chandler. Mm-hmm. Your veterans are Jimmy Butler. Mm-hmm. Your veterans are Corey Brewer. Your veterans are are JJ Reddick. Right. Good character dudes. Absolutely. Hardworking bulldogs. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Butler is a bulldog. Mm-hmm. JJ Reddick's a bulldog. Yep. Corey Brewer is a bulldog. Yep. Wilson Chandler, he can be. He can be. Mm-hmm. He was a bulldog. He was a bulldog at the end of the game against the Spurs. And guess what? What's up? With all that being said, your two best players who handle the ball the most are the youngest, are still kids. Are still kids. Which oh, is why you mm-hmm. see games where they'll both have seven turnovers or something mm-hmm. like that, and that's what'll kill you. Mm-hmm. No, I I do not doubt that. I do not doubt that. I do not dispute that. But I guess what I'm what I'm saying is, you know, that's going to happen mm-hmm. because in the end, this these these that's who it's the young wagon. team. Yeah, it's you the young know, team. You know this is are. who we've hitched our wagon to. Mm-hmm. So you know, you try and bring in some young. You know, you try and bring in some veterans to kind of combat that. So those youthful moments are more few and far between. You would hope but, so, but it's still going to happen. But they're still. Your primary inside presence and your primary perimeter ball handler. Yeah, true. No getting around that. None. So as much as you love the veteran presences out there, mm-hmm. it's it's a limit to how how much help that is. It's help. Yeah. But it's a limit to how much help that actually is because your point guard who handles the ball almost all the time is 22. Your other guard you drafted is somewhere else. Somewhere else. Wearing nice suits. Wearing nice suit jackets. Mm -hmm. Looking good. But to me, I feel like they've kind of weathered the storm. you You have talked about bringing in a player like Carmelo Anthony. I have. And part of the case that you have made for bringing in Mello was that score he can score he, sco- he can score and furthermore he puts Wilson Chandler on the bench which gives your bench that provides a little more bench depth. He puts Wilson Chandler on the bench and he puts Wilson Chandler back at his natural position because Wilson Chandler is not a power forward. No. And even the coach Brett Brown is admitting he's that not a power ha- forward. having him playing out mm-hmm. of position at the four has had an effect on him and the, no i i i'm not arguing with you i guess but what i'm what i'm saying is now as they as they found depth elsewhere i think that window of needing carmelo might be closing or at least in the sixers mind oh man that window in the sixers mind may have never been open, open. okay and i'll give you two word a two word answer why okay Jonah Bolden, mm. the Sixers knew 
what this kid was before we did because we weren't seeing him yet. Mm-hmm. This kid can play. He's young. He's still a little raw. But this kid can play. He can get up and down the court. He's big. He block shots. He finish. He can shoot the jump shot. More and more experience and time to grow with this team. Mm-hmm. You're not going to miss Dario Sarge at all. And, Do and, you see a – how long – or give me a ballpark. I'm not asking you to, you know – be a genius or whatever. Give me a ballpark as to when you think you could we could see Jonah Bolin being the starting power forward on this team. This season? Possibly this season. I would lean towards next. Starting would he start next starting, season? Starting, I'd lean towards his next year. You could I could definitely see him starting. You could, you could see him being a starting power forward day one next year. Yes. Okay. I could absolutely see it. Okay. I got it. I got it. All right, moving on. Moving on real quick. Uh, let's take a look at what's going on. Sixers go out back. Sixers are back out west. Mm-hmm. Denver. Did you see Denver being as good as they are now? I don't think Denver saw Denver being as good as they are right now. <laughs> but I'm, I understand it. But I'm asking you, did you see Denver being this good? No. 31 and 15 right now. Which is solid. It's not great, but it's solid. Mm-hmm. Let's see, thirty-one and fifteen. It's got you at a on pace for what fifty-five win season, maybe mm-hmm. something like that. So, given that, you got the Sixers in Denver on Saturday. Mm-hmm. How do you think they'll do? Denver is always a tough place to go. Yes, it is. Say what you want; the altitude affects you, people. Mm-hmm. It does. Real quick. Quick story. Went on a church retreat mm-hmm. in high school. Bunch of youth from the church. We flew out to Denver. We knew that the little place we were going, we were going had basketball courts. So we decided we, we called ourselves forming like an all-star basketball team. And we were going to come to this church retreat and we was going to run all these white boys off the court. They were from out there? Yeah, they were from out there. Oh, they killed you. Yo, yeah. Yeah, we played like one game. And we were, <gasps> mm-hmm. and I remember we were all looking, because the thing was we were on the bus, and we're going on out there. You know, we're, we're driving from the airport to, uh, I guess, the Denver in- International Airport, mm-hmm. or wherever, whatever Denver calls their airport. And the place was in Estes Park, Colorado. So somewhere on some mountain. And they're telling us we need to pace ourselves. You know, the air is thinner. You're going to get tired quicker. You know, they're, they're telling, they're warning us. Mm-hmm. You know, don't go out there and just overexert yourself. And we're like, no, we just want to get out here. We're going to get on the ball. We're going to get on the basketball court. And we're going to run these white boys off the court. That was the key. Not trying to play the race card, but we was going to run the white boys off the court. That's what we were going to do. That was do. how you felt. That's how we felt. Thought we had a team. Mm-hmm. Played. Not even half a game. We, I wanted to take a nap at the foul line. I wasn't, you know, you know, I wasn't even tugging my shorts. I wanted to just take my shorts off right there to, or, or the court. I, I, I wasn't just tugging at them. I, I was ready to just walk back to my hotel room in my drawers because I because because <laughs> that thin air is real, son. That thin air is real. But Sixers going going out west. Playing in Denver in the thin air. It's going to be a tough game. It's going to be a tough game. 
do you think could you see them pulling out a win? Because you got you got Denver, you got the Lakers, you got uh, the Warriors. It's a tough stretch. Yeah, this is a tough stretch. And you got this could, and then you got the Kings and the Kings. The Kings. This is what this is what you got. All right, I'm just gonna rattle it off. This is what they have coming up. Nuggets at Nuggets at Lakers at Warriors at Kings home for the Raptors. All right, home for the Nuggets. Well, let's just talk about Lakers that four back. game road trip. Four game road out that, west. That four game road trip out west. You see two wins. That is one of those trips, especially when you f- consider all of those teams are on the all of those games are on the road. A mm-hmm. couple of those teams are young, mm-hmm. which leans towards inconsistent performances and hard to pro- project what they're going to get. Mm-hmm. And the Lakers are still dealing with a major injury. Yes, that's a tough stretch of games to really project. The Sixers could just as easily be two and two by beating the Kings and the Lakers. The Kings and the Lakers, Mm -hmm. as much as they could be two and two by beating the Warriors and Nuggets. It literally anything can happen. Anything could happen. Any, but that is. Mm -hmm. That's one of the things about the NBA regular season, that as much as I love basketball, mm-hmm. you have stretches during the season where it's like, yeah, so what? These games are I don't, not irrelevant, but they're not as meaningful as, say, an NFL regular season game. Mm-hmm. You look at, like, for example, and, I, and this, is a re- this is something I reference a lot, 95-96. Yeah. Chicago Bulls, mm-hmm. 72 wins, lost one team twice. Wasn't that Denver? No, it was some. It was. The expansion, the expansion Toronto Raptors. Mm. Team didn't make the playoffs. Team didn't sniff the playoffs. But they beat the Bulls twice. How much did it really mean in the long run? I didn't even remember. Bad matchup. Mm-hmm. Probably Bulls looking at it like an expansion team were not. They're not the most up they go, they're going to be for some for mm-hmm. a game that year. Stuff happens yeah. during the course of an eighty-two game season, and this could be one of those stretches for the Sixers where I see weird things happening. Honestly, yeah, win some you're supposed to lose, lose some you're supposed to win, and and we're also remembering that this is a team that's still trying to with no off season. Work Jimmy Butler into an offense where they didn't have an offseason to put install plays and schemes and all that for him. And then you got a guy like <clears throat> a guy like Corey Brewer that they just brought in who appears to be in line to end up getting minutes with this team now. That you're gonna have to try to figure out how to work him in as well, yeah. which is a little easier because he's a guy who doesn't need shots. Do you believe? Do you believe that role players play better at home? I believe role players are more confident with the crowd behind them. Mm-hmm. So how worried are you, if at all, about how Brewer will play on the road now? He said, nah, if Brewer's a vet, mm-hmm. he wouldn't be the guy I worry about. 
Who would you worry about? The role players I'd be worried about are your kids, like Landry Shamit, mm-hmm. guys like Bolden, that. Shamit. Bolden, yeah. Those okay. are the guys I'd be worried about feeding off the energy from the crowd. And okay. Corey Brewer's been through it so many times at this point. He he know, he should know how to deal with it. I hear you. All right, so here we go. Let's just wrap it up. All right. Two thumbs up, two thumbs down, two and two on this road on West Coast road trip. When we come back next week, we two. You giving me two wins? You feeling confident? Can can I get that? I think we can. I think they'll get two. You think they'll get two? They'll get two. Well, they'll get two. They'll get two. They'll get two. All right, I hear you. I need that. I want that. Tell us what you think. Hit us up: Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at bitw sports. All right. All right. Eighty three till infinity. We need this championship, man. Might not happen this year. Soon. Soon. One I, day. I can see it in the next, eh, call it three years. Okay. All right. I'm with it. I'm with it. Let's get out of here, man. Time to go home. Time to go home, man. Peace, y'all. You feel on this podcast? To hear this and more, go to soundcloud.com slash B-I-T-W.